Well, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share your word and to just to, just the strength of your word, the power of your word. Father, I pray that today you'll open up our hearts, our souls. We get it, get it in our heart, get it up into our minds, get, get us a revelation, Father, of the word today. I thank you for this great and prosperous day. I thank you, Lord, this day is a great time to witness to everyone, Father, that we come in touch with. I pray for the strength of God, the power of God flowing through our veins and out through us and just through our hearts, Lord, and just bring that heart into a, a bright light to those that we see and touch, Father. Father, and I thank you, Lord, for giving us strength to be who we are. I thank you for the strength of the Word of God beginning to glow out of our eyes and, and, and out of our very beings, Father, when people see us, they say, I don't know what it is about that person, but I, but something really touched me with that person. I don't know what it is, but Father, it's you. It's the Spirit of God yeah. being transforming us into the image of your Son in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father, for this great word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Yes. Amen. 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 I'll share some things here today. I'd like to go to James 1. You know, I had some thoughts today, too, about some of you know this about Sandy and I, some of you don't, and it doesn't matter. It's not about us. But I have shared the platforms on some national-type stages, but I've also been uh, heavily involved with people from a recruiting, training standpoint, primarily marketing, but also personal growth and all those kind of things. And when you spend a lot of time with people, and some of the people that you would consider disciples, not only in the Word, because, you know, with, with me, and it ought to be with you, if I'm training them for something to be good at, I'm also going to be bringing the Word of God in. It's been that way for a long time. So I'm nurturing the spirit man, but I'm teaching them how to be successful. Well, in doing so, you know, we have... We have things that we say, things that are power phrases, but also things that are truth, and we talk about those. Well, the way you decide whether your people are listening is if they start saying things back that they heard from their teacher, right? And the one thing that always bothered me was some people, they never get it. I mean, some people I spend a lot of time with in certain cities. I'd have a key person go in, spend a lot of time with them. We'd do seminars. We'd do one-on-ones. We'd just sit and drink coffee. we do the things you do. But they never repeat back the things that I was trying to impress them with. And that always made me stop and think, am I not getting it over to them? Is it me? Or are their ears sealed? Well, it can be both. So where does that lead us today? Well, I'm going to talk about a couple things here that I believe will flow in that. James 1, and let's start with verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask who? Who? God. God. Who gives to all what? Liberally and without reproach. No charge. And it will be given to him or her. Verse 6. 
But let him or her ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man or woman suppose that they will receive anything from the Lord. And it says again, it's in the he, but he means either. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Uh, or one of my Bibles I had out today, one day I wrote, nuts, he's nuts. <laughs> so I thought it's true, if he's unstable in all his ways, nuts. But, okay, in this day and age, we're out there, you know, we have all this great faith teaching. We learn about dominion, we learn about this, we learn about prayer. But at the same time, where do we get our wisdom? You know, we, we've hit Psalm 1, and it's always a quick one to go there. But it says in Psalm 1, first verse, who's blessed? Who's blessed? The man who walks what? Not in the counsel of the ungodly. Or nor stands in the path of sinners, nor seats in the seat of the scornful. Okay, where am I going with all this? Well, I'm going, here's where I'm going. Today in America, we are in a crisis mode. We are in a crisis mode. What is the crisis? See, we've got to think about this, too. What is the crisis? Well, the crisis could be, well, we don't like our president. We don't like the two that are coming, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we could say, well, uh, Obama's about to do this to us. Or we could say, well, those, blah, 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 blah. Well, uh, where's that going to get us? Nowhere. Nowhere. What does it do for us? Nothing. But I'll tell you what it does do. It can plant fear in your life. What do we do about that? Well, we don't sit in that seat, do we? Somebody starts talking about, well, there's no use. There's no help. We're lost. I hear this all the time out there. You do, too, if you're out in a puppy. We're lost. It's done. America's over with. I mean, blah, blah, blah. Well, do you really think it's over with? I looked out this morning. It looked pretty, pretty nice to me. Right? Is that because I'm running around blinded to the reality of things? Well, it could be to a certain extent. But the point is, where do we get our wisdom? What do we do right now? We should be asking for wisdom. Yeah, it's a mess out there. We know that. I, we, I can go through the whole thing. I've gone through all these roads with the we the people years ago and with all the you know I'm a, I'm a conservative guy and I know there's a lot of stuff out there but sometimes I have to say stop the ship I need some wisdom why do I need wisdom well because I want to walk this life out to the fullest I want to be a good husband to my wife I want to be a good role model to my children my grandchildren and being a minister of the gospel I want to be a role model to those that Listen to me, right? How can I do that if I'm running around wringing my hands and say, oh, it's all over, it's all over? People have been doing that for years, by the way. Throwing up their hands, America's sunk. They've been saying that for 50 years. Well, I know there's been a, down, you know, there's been a downward trend. I'm not denying the circumstance. What I'm denying is in, uh, in John... Six, uh, 1635, John, what? John 1635, 
1633, sorry. Here's Jesus speaking in 32. Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has come now that you will be scattered even to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Verse 33, this is a big deal. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, and the Amplified says, and denied its right to harm you, more or less. Behold, I have overcome the world and denied its right to harm you. Now, what does that say if we listen to that? We're to have peace. He's already overcome the world. He's overcome the devil. He whipped him hands down, defeated the enemy. But we know also that the Bible's quite clear that Satan is the god of this world. He's the ruler of this time. He rules the world. Amen? Look it up. Go through all your cross reverence. He is the ruler. John makes that clear. I'm not sure which... Uh, it, it's got to do with, yes, we do live in a certain time. But we have an abundance of light. It's like today. It's sure, foggy in the valley, but where is it up here? Sunshine. See, we want to live in the sunshine, do we not? Where is the sunshine for us? It's the Word of God. It's the power of this gospel. It's the power of realizing that the world has been overcome. And Jesus said, I've denied it's right to harm you. Now, that comes up for me quite a bit. You're attacked with an illness, you're, uh, you know, some kind of a disease or whatever. That's been denied. So, let's go on here a little bit uh, more here. We were in James. Back, back to James there, just a minute. Okay, so we, we're talking about a double-minded man. Uh, instability. And we, they go from that as where do we get our wisdom? Where do we get our information? Do we get it from the coffee shop? Do we get it from our friends? Do we get it from Facebook? Do we get it from email? Where do we get our, where do we get our information, see? And you know, I thought of something else this morning just before I came down here. What, what happens when somebody, just something really wild happens? What do they say today? Oh, my God! Oh, my gosh! Oh, my God! Oh, my gosh! Oh, my gosh! Brand new, brand new music comes out and they listen to it. Oh, my gosh! Listen to that. What is that? excitement oh my gosh that which is oh my god same thing mm -hmm. when did you have your last oh my gosh moment over a word of god when were you last excited about something you heard that was a tool that could change your life or change the life of your friends it just seemed like the last 10 days there's been a lot of supernatural things happening for sandy and i god's been bringing people to us it's been amazing and you know, the amazing thing about it is there's been no challenge when we begin to work with them because they were in tight places. They're in trouble. We're the light. Don't you want people coming to the light? See? And you know, the funny thing about it is when I found out Jesus died for me, that was an oh my gosh moment. Oh my gosh, he died for me. 
When's the last time you got excited about that yourself? Think about it. Then, I'll tell you when another oh my gosh moment came, and this is, I don't know if this is on the script or not, but go to John. Go back to John. I'd never, I'd gotten saved out of a book. Sandy and I both did. Didn't know much. Knew how to share the, the, the love of Jesus. Didn't even know much about that, except he set me free. That was my story. I didn't have a better story. Didn't have a worse story either. He set me free. That was my story. For a year, found, some, found out you could carry tracks. Put a little fish on my thing here. What's that? Well, Jesus set me free. Well, praise the Lord. I'd learned to say that. A few months into that, you know, we're just living life. I don't know any different. I'm not around religious people. And one day, a few months into that, and this is no, oh, by the way, Sandy says, well, now that you're a Christian, do you think you should be swearing so much? <laughs> and I, you're right. And I did. I quit. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it. So anyway, so then somebody gave me some tapes. And they began to tell me some things here that I knew had to be God, because people were saying, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. You know, that's all I hear, well, God, and they'd tell me negative stuff, like run into this old whatever he was, I won't say, but he said, well, Gary, if you don't join my denomination, you won't even stay saved. I said, well, okay, we'll see about that. Anyway, John, let's go to one here, 1623. And I'm hearing this faith teacher Teach on this scripture and a couple others. And he says, And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll... Okay, in my name. Uh, so, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name. And who's speaking here? Anybody know? See if you're awake. Anybody awake? Who's speaking here? Let me give you a clue. It's red letters. Okay, Jesus. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Now, wait a minute. Let's back up here. And in that day, he's talking about when he's leaving us. He's going on. He's about to die. He's, I mean, he's about, he's about out of here. And he says, when that happens, you will ask me nothing. You don't ever ask Jesus anything. That's what he's saying. You don't ask me anything. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it you. That to me was an oh my gosh. You mean I can ask him anything and he'll give it to me? And all I have to do is, and, and, I, and my teacher said now, he said, you know, I don't want to be legalistic about anything. But he says, you know, when it says here to ask the Father in the name of Jesus, then that's what he's saying to do. And, that, you know, this is kind of an old sideline here, but people still want to pray to Jesus. But he said, don't pray to the Father in my name. Now, he says, you might get, I'm not saying you won't get results by however you pray. But he said, I just, uh, if you want to get the most results, you do what Jesus said. <laughs> okay, just a little, by the way, a little nugget there. Anyway, so uh, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be Amen. full. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Exciting. You can ask Sandy. I was out the door with this stuff. Because for over a year getting saved, I didn't know anything except a lot of negative when I'd run into Christians. Mm -hmm. And I listened to that thing. I listened to him teach on that for 
hours and I was out the door. Not bragging about me, but that's an oh my gosh. I, if I ask the Father in the name of Jesus for anything, he'll give it to me. And he says, oh, until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. And if you happen to be so blessed that you wind up with a Sandy Cove pie, it's going to have joy in the crust. Right? Because God has brought much joy into our life. John 16, 23. Put it on your refrigerator. Put it on your mirror. Now, I've heard him talk about that hour after hour. You know, uh, if uh, you even go to 15, 7, and it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about these words, this English language. That's a strong word, shall. That's strong, shall. It's like a guarantee. It's like a grant. You know, we talk about getting grants, government grants, or whatever kind of grants. That, there's no strings attached to a grant. What he's trying to say is, this is for you. Ask and you will receive. And it's a grant. It'll be done for you, given to you. That's an oh my gosh. You think about all the stuff that you've left lay on the table and didn't know what to do anything about them. You should pray about it. Amen? How do you pray? You get in here, and I'll tell you something else about this. I've taught for over a year to this group and to others about dominion and authority. When you do these things, you're bringing the dominion of the Almighty God into the earth. That's why we're here. People say, oh, God's in charge. No, he's in charge of certain things, but we're in charge because he put us here. He gave us this word, and when we go to him in prayer, it gives him authority to come to the earth and change things. That's theology. That's good theology. If you're not praying, you haven't given any authorization to the angels that are surrounding and helping and working for us. If you haven't prayed about it and set your faith like this, you've done nothing to help. So in a happier moment, let's do something, right? We know we can change things. We have a say. And I deny the world's right to harm us. I deny the government's right to harm us. Whatever government is. I deny them the right to harm me, my marriage, my family, or anybody else I'm responsible for. My grandchildren... Psalm 91 says, No sickness or disease or calamity shall come near my dwelling place. For he has given his angels charge over me to accompany and defend me in all my ways of coming and going. Amen? That should be in your heart. We need to prepare for battle. We shouldn't prepare for, oh my God, what we're going to do when the election's over and we don't get the one we want or we did get the one we want and now that's, you know, whatever. We shouldn't be thinking that way. Now we fight. We're out there. I'm in, the, I'm in the fight politically. That's not an unknown thing. But guess what? The big fight's right here in the Word of God. And so, where's that go with James? When you go after something, you set it in concrete. 
You don't start, well, I wonder if it's going to happen. I wonder if it won't happen. I prayed, what if it won't happen? No, that's an unstable man that's nuts. <laughs> maybe not nuts, but that's what I wrote that one time in that one Bible. So maybe, maybe it is. But see, the, the, whole, the whole issue is, man, when you set your faith, forget doubt. Come against doubt. You know, we don't really want to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about satanic involvement in our lives. But if, if there's a whole pecking order of demons and Satan is out there and so on, and we've been studying a lot about this, but, you know, if, if that's the case, then we need to fight even harder. We need to recognize that, that it's, it's so real that when, and you know, I, could, I can prove all this. But when those little stupid thoughts come in your mind that you know don't line up with the Word of God, what are you going to do? See, what are you going to do? You have to you make a decision right now. You know, I thought about that. There's a big D out there that changes everybody's lives. It's called decisive decision. I thought about it when people, maybe they're overweight. Nobody in the room here is overweight. But anyway, somebody might be or whatever, or they don't feel good or they want something. What, is, what do you have to do if you want to lose weight? If that's the case. You make a decision, right? That I'm going to eat, or maybe it's health. More people are healthy. I mean, we've got an unhealthy America out there because they eat so much stuff that's not good. Well, one day if you're not feeling good, instead of running to the doctor all the time and you can't find anything wrong or you just don't feel good and you don't have any energy, what do you, should you do? Make a decision to start eating different foods. Well, this Word of God is a different food. It's a power food. It's a power food. It's like if you took some powerful grains and things, you know, and Sandy and I are nutrition, a lot of others here are you too, you know, we, we've been on this a long time. And there's some things that are very powerful for your body. But nothing is any more powerful than this Word of God. Jesus said, my words are what? They are spirit and they are life. Amen? So what do we do when that doubt tries to enter? You know, I just said a great big, oh my gosh, scripture. You mean everything I ask the Father in the name of Jesus, he'll give it to me? Oh my gosh. And then they'd say, well, you know, what if it's not God's will for you to have that? It doesn't say that there. Does it say that there? But that's what the world says. What if it's not his will that you have this? I sat with a young man, not that young, a few days ago. And I always have this thing that when I'm recording it, I don't know who's going to listen to it, but it doesn't matter anyway. The man is a place that God set it up for me to minister to him, and he's going to be fine. He has a challenge. But a few years ago, not that many years ago, they lost a daughter. You know, it was an illness, a disease. Like many people, they spent half the ranch and whatever to, didn't happen. So the, the, the daughter dies, and the priest says, well, God needed her in heaven. And you know what? I said, your priest lied to you. God didn't need her in heaven. You know, sometimes it's time to speak up. 
and bring truth. God didn't take that child. He doesn't need another flower in his garden in heaven. You hear this stuff all the time. But what do you do about it? Just sit there. Uh, That's Psalm 1. You just sit there amongst that and say, oh, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, I guess that's right. No, I'll tell you what I do. There's times that I'll speak out abruptly just like that. Or there's times when they say things and I'll just say, I don't receive that. You know, like say, well, everybody's this or they're all everybody's this or whatever. I said, I don't. I don't receive it. I say it right out of my mouth. I say it right there. Why? I'm taking authority over that. Why? Got to protect my soul, do I not? That's a whole other teaching. But I've got to protect my soul. Who else is responsible for my soul? Anybody else know who that is? I am. I'm responsible for what goes in up here and allows to stay there. <laughs> you know, like somebody said, you can, you, the sparrows can build a nest in your hair, but you don't have to let them sit there. I think somebody said that, but they said it more humorously than I did, so I don't, don't remember. Uh, so what I'm getting at is, along with that, you know, there, we could go so far with this, but at the same time, uh, there's voices of doubt, always. What do you do with those voices of doubt? You say, I refuse that in Jesus' name. Those are those little sparrows that are sitting on your head, those little things that people don't want to admit are around called demon spirits, and they're speaking to your ear if you'll let it. And you have authority over that. I refuse to receive that. I don't receive that. I don't receive that. Now, we all speak good English. It's easy to say that, isn't it? I don't receive that. You get a bad uh, symptom, I don't receive it. Maybe a cold coming on, flu, and you, you recognize a symptom. I don't receive that symptom. You get a bad di- diagnosis. I don't receive it. Set the course. I don't receive it in Jesus' name. I'm set for battle. I'm going to win because Jesus denied this world's right to harm me. So control those voices of doubt. But stake your ground. And don't forget, you know, this is the one thing that one of those items that I've taught and taught and taught and taught, and people still tend to slip into this thing. 2 Timothy 2.5, just, just glance at this so you know where I'm coming from, what I'm talking about. 2 Timothy 2.15, sorry. If you're there, get your eyes focused on this, 2.15. Verse 14 says, Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit. We've been talking about words to no profit, haven't we? To the ruin of the hearers. So do not strive about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. Because those are the kind of things that will destroy your life if you let it. Words of no profit. To the ruin of the hearers. It's a focused thing by the enemy. But verse 15, be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This is a basic fundamental thing. I refer to it once in a while, but I don't think I've brought everybody's eyes to that scripture. How, what is rightly dividing the word of truth? 
rightly dividing the word of truth is there's light on one side and dark on the other. You might as well look at it this way. There's God the Father, the Creator, on one side with all His goodness, all His love for you, all His benefits, all the covenants of great things on the one side. And on the other one is this enemy that still seeks to only kill, steal, or destroy. John 10.10. 10. The thief, Jesus is trying to tell us this in the, in the Gospels. He says the thief has come but for. But for. That means he's got only one purpose in this life is to kill, steal, and destroy from your life. Right? Sounds simple, but you need to get that anchored and settled. Okay? Somebody dies out there. Somebody said, well, God took him. Oh, really? Where does that fit in that, in that kill, steal, and destroy? Whether it's an animal, a person, or it's a whatever it is, or, or sickness or disease. Uh, people say, well, God made them sick to teach them something. What are you going to say when you hear that? Huh? Have you ever heard that? Of course you've heard it. There's Rhett. He's an amener. So you see, I, I want to get that so solid in your thinking that every time something comes up, you are looking at that from a light or dark standpoint. Mm -hmm. There's no gray area. And the thing about this is, why is this important? Well, it's important because Jesus said to get it straight. Paul said to get it straight when he talked to Timothy. They've spent untold things in throughout this Bible to make it clear. But let's say you get afflicted. Or you have a friend or a child or they're afflicted. And you're trying to stand in faith. Or you're called to minister to a friend somewhere. And you're trying to stand in faith. But if it's not clear in your mind or in their mind which side of the fence they're on, you'll never get them healed. I've been in that situation so many times, and it, it, it's anybody that's been in the ministry has been there so many times. And you want to heal people. They call up, they want a prayer chain. But when it gets right down to it, it's how does that person you're praying for believe? And if they believe it's God that gave it to them, how can they ever pray that God would bring them out of it? So anyway, I need to leave this on a high point, don't I? <laughs> well, the high point is you ask the Father in, my, in the name of Jesus, and he's going to give it to you. You know, and I, I remember listening to, it was Dr. Hagen. I, I listened to him so many hours, so many hours, because it was life-changing. And it wasn't just life-changing for me. It was when I went out the door with this stuff, I can't even, and it's not a bragging on me. It's just that it was an, oh my gosh, I got to tell people about this. Up till now, all I could tell them was Jesus died for me and set me free. Now I can tell them God wants you healed. God wants you free. That, that, that bean crop that one of my pilots sprayed for one of my really good high school friends killed his beans go out there in the middle of that I knew you know it was an accidental thing with chemicals and once you kill a bean it's like a tomato plant it's dead I walked out in the middle of that bean field a few months after this and I said in the name of Jesus and I didn't know much about rebuking the devil but I figured out something 
I said, I rebuke you out of this bean field. You leave it, and, and in Jesus' name, I'm going to say these beans are going to grow. And I thank you, Father, for restoring this bean crop. Amen. It was just one of many testimonies. And I walked out of there heart sick because I didn't have the money to pay for that bean crop, and it was expensive beans. At that time, in the 70s, the bean seed alone was $15,000 for that crop. Not to mention all the irrigating, all the equipment, and the fact that they expected a harvest. I've told this before, but it's just an example of, oh my gosh, I can do something about this. Came home from my, some flying down south and sitting there in the fall, and my friend calls me on the phone. And he says, when are you going to send me a bill for the spring? I said, I can't. Art, I killed your beans. No, you didn't kill my beans. He said, we just harvested the other day, and he said, when I, my wife and I planted them, we, kinda, we, uh, we agreed about what we wanted for the harvest, and we harvested it, and we got that the other day, and I want to pay for the spraying. And I'm like, you know, it's one of those fallout moments. Because <laughs> we, we were in a little bit of financial trouble anyway, and then trying to come up with 50 grand to pay off a bean crop was not even thought of. How could we not... It, how could we not believe God? The way we don't believe it is when we don't do anything about it. Yes, yes, yes. Or we sit by passively and just say, oh, I guess that's the way it's going to be. God must have caused this to happen. No, he didn't. He brought us the word of God and he brought it in power. This word is full of power. This is, this is, the, this is more powerful than any food you'll ever put in your tummy. It needs to be that decision to walk in the power of this thing and not listen to the ways of the world Amen. we'll get through this election we'll get through the next elections we'll get through it all well whatever maybe you know so i don't know what all is going to happen but guess what i know one thing my anybody that i can help is going to excel in life and they're going to walk in dominion we set the pace. Not the God of this world. Not the people out there that listen to him and want to contrive and, and run over everybody for money and power and all those things that they run over. We don't have to be victims of that. Amen? Amen. This is good preaching. Maybe this is the second sermon of the day. I don't know. I don't know how long I've gone. I didn't set the clock. But anyway, praise God. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do you think? Feel like going out and attacking something right now? I do, you know, I, I do, I really do.